Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. My name is Mitch, and it's my privilege to have you with us this morning. Um, those who don't have any seats in the back, we still have seats in front, right? I think blessings are start from the front going towards the back. No, I'm joking. Right? God is with us. He has filled this room. Amen? All right. Um, there we go. Okay. All right. All right. So welcome, welcome. Um, this last week we actually started a series entitled "Light for the Nations," you know, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing to have people from different nations with us today. So if you're from Nepal, right, raise your hand. Come on, thank you, Nepal. Yobi, come on, thank you, Nepal. Right, and you're, if you're from Africa, thank you so much for being with us. I saw Maureen earlier. Hi, Maureen. Thank you for being with us. Of course, from the United States, right? The Walton family, thank you so much. And they're missing uh, someone. Well, <laughs> right? From the Philippines. Right? And wait, there's more with us today. are also from Bahrain. Thank you so much for being with us. Right? So it's indeed exciting. It's really exciting. And you know what? It's just like a preview of what's going to happen in heaven when everyone from every nation, every tribe, every tongue and tribe will come together and worship God. Now, before anything else, it's a privilege for me to introduce to you my family. All right? To those of you who are joining us for the first time, you know, I know you're, it might be of interest. It's coming. It's coming. It's about there. And yeah, no, it's not coming. <laughs> So there's something wrong, right? but but this is my family. Um, Christelle is the one. It's my youngest daughter. She's 21, right? Um, see, I stopped counting when she was 16, right? So to me, she's still 16, but she's 21 years old, um, and she was she leads worship. Um, this is my wife, Army, in front, right? Um, She's also, I know, she's also 31 years old. Right? <laughs> we got married when we were nine. Right? So last week, I told you we got married when we were 12. Right? But as they age, as we age, of course, we get younger. Um, and my son, CJ, is in the Philippines. Um, he's unfortunately working there. And hopefully, he'll be with us this um, December. Now, where am I while waiting? Because I, I'm excited actually to so show a set of photos. So while waiting, no? Boring, hanging. <laughs> dead air. <laughs> I know it's dead air. It's hanging. But oh, uh, it's coming. It's coming. All right. While waiting, let's open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Um, we'll, we'll be reading from chapter 52, verses 7 to 10. All right. Just open. Read it before me. It's coming. <laughs> it will come soon. Right? Are you there with me? Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 to 10. Uh, there's a big Bible in front. That will come soon. Right? Are you there? So if you don't have a Bible, uh, ask someone beside you to share the Bible with you. Isaiah 52, verses 7 to 10. It says here, How beautiful... Upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Verse 9. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Let's just bow our heads for, uh, for just a few minutes to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word today. Father, thank you, Lord God, for trusting us, Lord God, with, with this wonderful message of hope. And we pray, Father, that this message today will not just, Lord God, be an inspiration, but rather, Father, a wake-up call 
Lord God, that will change our hearts and the way we feel for your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And last week, we actually started this series. Again, thank you. We actually started this series entitled um, Light for the Nations. And Light for the Nations, and I just want to share to you some photos. All right, these are people of going one-to-one. Right? Okay, that's Bettina right there. And that's Angel. And of course, the youngest person to do one-to-one on the earth. All right, on the earth, right? River, right? <laughs> Doing one-to-one with this wonderful boy, Gian, right? Gian, Gian, right? So Gene was doing one-to-one with his, father, with his father. River was with the son, and right? Rose with the mother. It's like the, you know, the name of the father, the <laughs> so-and-so, right? you know that, right? And um, of course, we also have Reagan, right? Who's doing one-to-one with Sam, Come on, right? Sam, right? Sam and Sam, Stuart, right? And, of course, come on, Nika. Nika, come on. Nika is doing one-to-one with Mariam, who's over there. Right? Thank you so much. And guess what? If you want to lose weight, right? If you want to lose weight, do one-to-one. Really, do one-to-one if you want to lose weight. You know, Reagan was as big as me before. But, but because she wants to be a blessing, like Nika, see Nika how sin Nika is here in the picture. But because, you know, we want to be a blessing to others, you know, we do one-to-one in special places, right? Just like this one right here, right? So, where's uh, Graham? Graham, you'll be seen soon, right? So, we do one-to-one in special places, like what Anthony said, this is not a paid advertisement. But of course, because in one-to-one, we don't only share the love of God. We also share our resources. We also share our life. No, it's sorry, Yen and Kyla. Christelle is just a student. <laughs> but, alright, Christelle, Kyla, you know, uh, Yen, they started also one-to-one uh, last, no, two weeks ago, right? If I'm not mistaken, two weeks ago. So, yeah, this is the father doing one-to-one. So, the mother and the child earlier, you know? And, and of course, Graham is here. Um, Dom, I think you have to talk with Graham. Because he only does one-to-one outside. No? <laughs> right? What I'm trying to say is this. If you've not done one-to-one yet, if you've not done one-to-one yet, and if you're interested in knowing about God more, please get in touch with the person who invited you. Right? Because as you do one-to-one, as these people are doing one-to-one, they're not just investing in the lives of the persons that they're doing one-to-one with. Right? They're not just investing in the person itself. They're not just investing in that person sharing the love of God. But actually, that person is actually gi- being given the privilege to bring light to the nations. Because he's not just investing in that person, he's also investing in the next generation. And we believe in every nation that as we reach out to the next generation, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. Why? Because we're building or we're making a generation that loves and fears the Lord. And can you imagine that kind of life? Can you imagine living in a world where everyone is not trying to scam you? Where everyone is so generous that, as, that they're excited you know, to share, to pour their life towards you. And if you're doing one-to-one, I know it's expensive. Come on, Rich. Uh, if you're doing one-to-one, I know that there's some expenses. But guess what? You're investing in the life of that person. And you're not investing in the life of that person. You're investing in the family of that person. right? You're not just investing in the family of the person, but you're investing in the next generations to come. And if you, if you think about it, if you think forward and look forward to it, you know, actually, you're slowly, you're changing the world. And that's the reason why every Christian is actually asked to become light for the nations. A light for the nations. Now, this week, we will actually be conclu- concluding a two-week series. That's, of course, entitled Light for the Nations. And at the end of this series, it is our prayer that all of us would answer the call to be part of mission. Be committed to it 
by either praying, giving, right? In every nation, we say pray, give, or go. But in every nation, by brain, I say pray, give, and go. Amen? So we've read the text earlier, Isaiah, all right? 52, 7 to 10. And let me just give you a background, all right? The theme for Isaiah, the theme for the entire Isaiah is not actually the punishment of Israel, which because if you read chapters 1 to 39, no, it's about judgment and warnings, scary <laughs> warnings, right? But it is actually about the redemptive plan of God. God, from the very beginning, from the time that we sinned, started on a plan, on a mission of redemption for not only the people of Israel, but for the entire creation. And that includes you and me. Especially me. Right? In 1 to 39, God calls upon them to repent. Now, I know for the past three weeks, I've been saying that it's about the punishment that Israel will, be, will receive if they don't change their hearts, if they continue to sin. But imagine this with me. If your parent warns you about something, right, don't put your finger in the socket, don't eat too much ice cream, right, wash your hands regularly, Right? If your parent says that to you, he's warning you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to get hurt. And it's the same way. God is warning Israel to stop sinning because if they do, they'll start spiraling down until their destruction. That's 1 to 39. Now, chapter 40 and the next 27 chapters after that, right, talks about the promises of God for, his, for this nation. It talks about hope and the promise of God to redeem this nation, right? And use this nation to be a reflection of God's glory. Now, imagine this. Have you seen, what's the most glorious thing that you think you can think about? What's the most glorious thing that you can think about? You having a Ferrari? Maybe, right? You getting a mansion? Maybe. You going on a cruise? You know, maybe that's the most glorious thing that you can think about. But guess what? God's plan for the nation of Israel is to reflect God's glory. There's no more glorious thing than God's glory. Right? Now, chapter 52, where we will have our preaching today, is a picture of God's plan for salvation. Israel sinned. They were exiled to Babylon where they were enslaved. They were captives. Now, chapter 52 actually is a picture of God's plan for salvation. And that culminates, you know, when? To the end of age. So it's still not the end of the world. I don't see the world ending tomorrow yet. So that means that chapter 52 is also God's plan for you and me. That we are part of God's redemption plan. And how does he do that? He does that by the cross. Through the cross. Right? Because you and me were actually captives. Have you, who has been in jail like me? I know one. Uh, I know that, that someone there also has been in jail. Right? And someone here in front has been in jail also. I know that. Don't be ashamed. Right? Right? I also have I've been in jail. Right? <laughs> Right? And, and it looks like this. If you go back one slide, right, this is how it felt when we were going out of jail. You know? <laughs> Israel was in captivity for 70 years. Right? 70 years. Tama Jim? 70 years. So Israel has been in captivity for 70 years. And Isaiah chapter 52 shows a call for us, all of us, to leave the bondage of sin. That's Isaiah 52. Now, we are all in bondage, right? We are all in bondage. I don't know what you're in bondage of. Maybe it's sin, right? Too much eating. Say amen. <laughs> Maybe it's debt, right? I don't know what you're in bondage from, what you're, what you're, what you're, in, you know, what, what you're in bondage from, but Isaiah 52 is actually a call for us to get out of bondage. And God has God um, accomplished that through the cross. 
Jesus offers redemption and deliverance. Alright? It's not our gifts, not the amount we have in our bank, not our talents, not the good works that we can do. Only Jesus can free us from sin, from the bondage of sin and death. And actually, we are uh, by nature, we are all sinners. Believe it or not. We are all sinners by nature. And I can prove that by saying, asking each and every one of you, did your parents teach you to lie? I mean, raise your hands if your parents teach you to lie, taught you to lie. No one. If your parents taught you to steal, raise your hand. No one. Why? Because by nature, we are sinners. And if you think about it, if our nature is sinful, how is it? Can, how can you escape your nature? Can you escape your nature? No, because that's you. And that's the power of the cross. But if we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, He makes us into a new creation. Not by the works we do, not but what, by what we can offer, but because of His love for us. And that is the plan of God for all of us. This is the promise of the Lord, that the Lord will redeem his people. Amen? Amen? <laughs> the Lord will redeem his people. Alright, let's go back to our text. Isaiah chapter 52. I'll read from verse 1. Alright, it says here, Awake! Awake! Right? Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Right? God is saying, children, wake up. I am here to save you. You no longer have to be in a humiliating position. You no longer have to be in a position of defeat. Sometimes we're all asleep. Sometimes we think that, you know, the Lord has turned His back on us and the Lord has forgotten us and we no longer have hope. That's what the nation of Israel was feeling back then. That's why they started to worship gods that are idols. But God is saying, awake, awake. And He did not say only awake. He said, shake yourselves from the dust. And arise, be seated, O Jerusalem. Lose the bonds. Remember, they're bondage. They're, 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 they're in captivity, right? Lose the bonds, right? From your neck, O captive daughter and Zion. It says here, put on your strength. It says here, put on your beautiful garments. And he goes on to say, For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Now because of sin, because of the sin of Israel, they were dragged into Babylon and there they were placed in a position of humiliation. Now I don't know about you, but if a country you know, um, occupies your territory, that's a place of humiliation. I remember my aunts and my uncles and even my grandmother, they would tell us stories, horrible stories about the Japanese, you know, killing the Filipinos. And there are a lot of stories about occupations. And the nation that has been occupied has actually been, has been, actually been put to shame. And that's the same with us. We might not be occupied by another country right now, but definitely we are occupied by sin. We are occupied by sin. But God is saying, awake, awake. Put on your strength. God is giving you His strength. Put on your beautiful garments. He did not only you know, give you new clothes, He made you into a new creation. For there shall no more come into you any uncircumcised and the unclean. God is giving us or as, you know, taking us from a, a position of humiliation into a position of honor. It, per, it says so in verse 2, lose, uh, in verse 3, right? It says, it says here, For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. 
for thus says the Lord, my people went down first at, the, at first in Egypt to sojourn there, and then the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Verse 5, now therefore, what have I, declares the Lord. It's a declaration. Seeing that my people are taken away for nothing, their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all the day my name is despised. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, right? So much therefore. In that day they shall know that, it's, uh, that it is I who speak. Here I am. And what can we see here? Despite, you know, the people continually, continually, all day long despising God, you know what? God never gave up on them. And it's the same here with us. God never gave up, will never give up on us. And it's not, it's not, he's, he's not sending his, his angels, he's not sending that. He's saying, here I am. Verse 6, it says here, but I will reveal my name to my people. Then at last, they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Right? It's right there. there. Then at last. What is God saying here? What is the Bible saying here? That the Lord will vindicate his name by delivering his people. Imagine that. The Lord will vindicate his name by delivering his people. Israel is a stubborn nation. Even in exile, they worship idols. And that's not just Israel, it's even you and me today. Now despite tasting the goodness of God, we still continually continue to be a stubborn people. We still prioritize other stuff. We prioritize our jobs over what God has called us to do. Right? Some I've met people who came here and asked, Lord, uh, brother, bro, can you pray for me? I need a job. But when they got their job, they stopped attending church. So next time I see them, I will pray that the Lord will remove them from their job. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> we do what seems good to us, isn't it? We do what seems good to us. Instead of serving the Lord, obeying His command, we do what's good to us. And that's the reason why it's so difficult for us to let go of sin. Because we love the benefits of sin. We're accepted by friends. We have money in the bank. We're famous. Right? We have power. We enjoy all of that. But the question is, is that your Lord? Is that the Lord that is willing to save you? No. Even in a snap of a finger, when a typhoon comes in the Philippines, everything can be gone in an instant. There is this story one time in the news, this um, overseas Filipino worker, right? That's me right here. I mean, someone like me, not me. So he built this big house, right? And then, there, and then the floods came because of a typhoon, and in an instant, that big house was taken down the river. Who do we prioritize? Our God who is eternal or the benefits we get from sin that is temporal? You have to ask that question. What's, a, what's more important for you? Is it God or is it your agendas? Right? Is it your desires or your pride? But guess what? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God has never given up on you as well. You can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. You know, there was one, I mean, I, I once ran away from God. I really did. Um, I enjoyed drinking. I enjoyed smoking. I enjoyed going home at 2 a.m. And Sherwin will say amen. <laughs> because I was with Sherwin back then. Right, the guy in the blue, same guy over there, <laughs> right? Uh, because, I mean, I had fun. But in my lowest point, one day God touched me and he said, son, daughter, it's time for you to come back. Despite my brokenness and despite your brokenness, God himself will save you. 
God himself will deliver you. Right? And God himself is here right now asking you to help others come out of that darkness. Because we have the privilege to become salt and light to other nations. Those who have been called out of Israel have been given the responsibility right, to be messengers and bearers of the good news. And, I want, and, and those of you who have tasted that the Lord is good has also been given that opportunity to be light to the nations, to be bearers of his good news, to spread the message of the gospel. And as I was reading um, this text, and Jean will be so happy, because I don't usually ha do a three-point preaching, but today, right, for Jean's sake, I will do a three-point preaching. Right? So while reading this book, I, I encountered three realiza realizations, and what I, am, I have received, I, I would also like to share to you. All right? Now, just to, just to set the context, all right? there are people that are lost in the mountains. All right? It says here, how beautiful upon the mountains, verse uh, 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Right? who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, when we speak of beauty, who among you looks at the feet? I mean, imagine back then, they were walking in the mud and in the dust, right? They had slippers, all right? But they were walking in the mud and in the dust. But the Bible said they had beautiful feet. Imagine your feet. I mean, imagine the feet that didn't get a pedicure for a very long time. Right? That's that 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 might be so bad. But but listen to this. There was a time when uh, there was a story where someone was drowning. It was a deep pool, no? And the uh, guy with him doesn't know how to swim. So what did the guy do, right? He extended his himself, he grabbed on the edge of the pool, and then he extended his feet to the, the person that was drowning. So the person who was drowning actually grabbed onto that foot. And what I'm trying to say here is this, for, a, some, for someone who is in desperation, who is in deep need, the foot is a beautiful thing. The foot is a beautiful thing. Right? For someone who brings the good news, the entirety of that person is a beautiful thing, even the feet. Now, what are your mountains right now? What are the mountains that you face? What are the challenges that you face? Sin? Lack of job? Maybe you don't have a job. What are the challenges you face? Right? When, what I'm There is no, no much, I mean, even at the feet of God, even at the feet of God, it's a beautiful place. There are actually people lost in the mountains right now. If you're here enjoying the preaching today, learning about God, there are people outside that don't know about God. And even you showing your feet to them, that will be a beautiful thing. Because the feet that partners with the Lord it's a beautiful feet. Feet in the Bible talks about movement. Feet in the Bible talks about progress. Feet in the Bible is talking about someone going out there and reaching out to these people that are in the mountains. We are called, all of us are called to publish peace. Verse 7, it says here, who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation. We are all called to publish peace. We are all called to bring good news. We are all called to publish salvation. Why? Why are we called to do this? Because we have the message of hope and the privilege to share this. And if you share this, your feet will be beautiful because you are partnering with God. You're going to the darkest places, bringing light. 
what I'm trying to say, my first takeaway for this is because we are a blessing. And because we are a blessing, all of us, no matter how broken you are, you are a blessing. You're, you are beautiful. Magtingin ka lang before sa lusot. And, and this one breaks my heart. We have been entrusted the message of hope. But do you know that 45,000 people die every day without hearing the gospel? Do you know that? Because we want to make our feet comfortable and we don't want to have ugly feet. Guess what? 45,000 people die every day without hearing the gospel. I don't think 45,000 people died every day because of COVID. The gospel is the basic human right. Everyone has the right to hear the gospel. And yet, 17 million, 16 million, 900,000 something, 17 million people die each year without hearing the gospel. And it breaks my heart. And I'm not here on a guilt trip. But we're here comfortable, sitting in nice, comfortable chairs. Having pretty feet because we take care of our feet. And yet, 17 million people die each year. They're crossing into eternity without even hearing about the gospel, the good news of Christ. Romans 10, it says here, How then will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? Beautiful feet. And how are they to preach? Or, or, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are being sent? As it is written, verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Like what I said earlier, there are people in the mountains waiting for you to preach that good news. Their mountains may be sin. Uh, their mountains, I don't know what their challenges in life are. Illness, death. Right? But they have the right to hear the gospel. And it's not the duty of just the leader. It's not the duty of just the full-time worker. It's not the duty of, you know, of, of the ushers or the music team. God calls every Christian to preach the gospel. Whether you're full-time or not, whether you're a leader or not, you are called to preach the gospel. It will be a beautiful sight to behold when people from every nation and every tribe come and worship the Lord. Everyone is called to preach the gospel of Christ. And therefore, I encourage you to be a blessing. Be a blessing. Why? Because you are a blessing. We have the opportunity to change the lives of people, not only here, but even in eternity. We have the privilege to share Jesus Christ because we have experienced Jesus Christ. We can be a witness. That's what a witness is called to do, to share what he has experienced in Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. We don't need special training. We don't need all of that. We only need to be a witness. We have to for the opportunity to impact the lives of the previous generations, the current generation, and the generation to come. Because you have been entrusted with the treasure that is called the gospel. What is this message? 
In verse 7, it says here, He who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who, bring, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. That's the message that we are to preach. We are to preach that our God reigns. God sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross to redeem us from all our sins so that we can live a free life. Not just live a free life, but live life to the fullest. For Israel, captivity in Babylon is suffering. For us today, captivity in sin is suffering. But why do we enjoy it so much? Or if, why, if we're not enjoying it, why are we allowing people to enjoy sin too much by not preaching the gospel? God gave you eternal life because of the gospel. And that eternal life doesn't start from the day you died. It starts here and now. You have been blessed by this message. Go out and preach that message because you are a blessing. You have to share this message, and that's my second point, that God reigns. Because where God reigns, guess what? Peace reigns. Where God reigns, the good news reigns. Where God reigns, salvation reigns. Ukraine, they are being attacked right now. But guess what? Our churches there remain to be faithful in preaching the gospel. Ukrainians come to the churches and they know they learn about God. Our church in Ukraine, you know, Spain went to Ukraine to deliver vans so that they can use these vans to bring people out of the conflict zone and shelter them in our churches there. And there, they know about God. Despite the war that is happening around them, guess what? In their hearts, peace reigns. To the people that are coming into the doors of the church, good news reigns. And to the people who listen to God's call, salvation reigns. It is us, we are responsible of you know, proclaiming this good news because God has called us to be watchmen. Verse 8, it says here, the voice of your watchmen. They lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye. They see the return of the Lord to Zion. Watchmen are those who are watching over the city so that they can warn the city when danger comes. You know, who among you watched those medieval uh, movies, right? There's these huge towers, and they place the watchman there. It's the duty of the watchman to look over the horizon so that when danger comes, he can warn the people that's inside. The watchman of Israel was primarily the prophets, and they were so delighted to see what? To see the messenger bearing good news, and this is what they announced to the nations. But what happens if the watchman fail? What happens if the watchman fail? What happens if we fail? Right? Ezekiel tells what happened. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 6 says this, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, the word says, that person is taken away in his iniquity but his blood the blood of the watchman right I will require at that watchman's hand we are the watchman of today we are the watchman of today because we have tasted God and his goodness because we have received salvation we have seen the good news coming, we have the task to pray for protection and to intercede for others' salvation. And we are given the task to announce the good news to the community. We are called 
to stand in that gap. So hard to stand in that gap. We are, be, we are a blessing. The message is that God reigns. That because we are, it's so difficult to stand in that gap, you're not standing in that gap alone. Because God is with us. Verse 9, it says here, break forth together, Isaiah, all right, 52 verse 9. Break forth together into singing. Now, this is a celebration. You waste places of Jerusalem for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed re Jerusalem. That's the good news. He has redeemed us, right? Verse 10, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. Now, bearing his holy arm is an is a bearing his arm is actually a Hebrew idiom where it says you bear your arms, you know, you roll up your sleeves and start to work. That what that's what it means when it says the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, right? And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It's difficult to stand in the gap. But God has rolled up his arms, bared his holy arm to partner with us to go to the mountains and preach the good news in the mountains so that your feet and my feet become beautiful. Your feet and my feet is the most disgusting in their culture, is the most, even in Thailand right now, is the most disgusting part of your body. Now, I don't know what's the most disgusting part of you right now, but God has worked his righteousness in you and has blessed you and has purified you so that you can go to the nations. How did he do this? Right, how did he do this? I, I forgot where that is. By canceling, it's not in Isaiah, right? Can someone Google it right now? By canceling the record of debt, how did God make our redeem us and made our feet beautiful? By canceling the record of our debt. Right? In Acts? Colossians? Yeah, Colossians. Right? Colossians 2.14 says this. How did God redeem us? How did God make our feet beautiful? By canceling the record of our debt. A movie that, that, that I think 2017 or 2018 says this. No, Avengers. Right? Avengers is actually the picture of how humanity should be in our terms. Except, of course, for Thor. Thor was not human. He's a demigod. But they were all fighting together. They, were, they, were, they did not have, I mean, they were quarreling with each other and they came together to destroy evil. I mean, that's the plot. Right? It is the highest grossing film that, you know, it, it, ha it earned about $2 billion in just a few weeks. But sadly, you know, that is how we think humanity should be. That whenever someone invades our private place, whenever someone is different from us, right, we come together and kill that person. Right? Right? When someone hurts us or hurts our family, we destroy that person. You know, but Jesus wasn't like that. Again, Colossians, he says here, by canceling the record of debt, that stood against us with its legal demands, this, this he set aside how? By nailing it to the cross. And the way he saved humanity is not destroying humanity, but actually dying for humanity. He died for humanity. When we go to the mountains and preach the good news, are you willing to give to die for humanity? 
are you willing to give your life in preaching the gospel? People went to the most dangerous places so and, and is ready to give their life just to preach the gospel. Matthew 28, 18-20, it says here, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Acts 13.47, it says here, For so the Lord has commanded us, commanded us, right? I have made you a light. For who? For the Gentiles, that you may also bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Being light to the nations is not optional for us Christians. It's not. We have been made into light. We have been created into a new being. It's a command. It's a command. We have been commanded to bring light to the nations. It's dangerous. It may cost you your life. It's difficult. You will face hardships. You're going to go out of your comfort zone. But God will be with you. My question is this. Will you answer to that call? To pray, give, and go. It's not or go, but to go. Because we are here in Bahrain, we're actually been given been placed in a position where we can reach out and be a blessing to the nations. You don't have to cross borders to reach out people in Africa. You don't have to cross borders to reach out to people in Nepal or in India. They're right out there. You don't have to cross borders to go back to the Philippines and reach out to the Filipinos. They're right here. You don't have you know, you don't have to spend so much for an airplane ticket to go to Timbuktu and reach out to people there. They're right here. We are placed in a country where there is freedom to worship our God. Where there is freedom to show God's love. My question is this. Will you answer the call to pray for the unsaved? so that they may know God. Will you answer the call to give more than what is required of you? Answer to give your life so that that person, his family, and the next generation will come to know Christ. Will you answer the call to go? And as you think about this calling, you know, I'd like to invite you to all just stand. I'll close with this. Lord, you see, you see our hearts, Lord. Lord, you see what's in our hearts, Father. And Father, right now, I ask, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you speak with everyone who is in this room right now and ask them this question, Lord. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to pray so that people will come to know the Lord? Are you willing to do that? And if your answer is yes, you know, just as an act of surrender, why don't you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? If you're willing to go preach the gospel, raise your hand so that I can pray for you. Lord, search our hearts right now. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, 
thank you for the hands that are raised right now as an act of surrender, Lord God, in an answering to yes, Lord, to your question, if we are willing to go. Lord, you see these hands that are raised right now. Father, we are not perfect. We are broken creatures. Our flesh will fail, Father, but you will not fail because you are faithful in our lives. Lord, I ask right now that with those hands that are raised, Father, give them grace, Father, to see, Lord God, your heart, Lord God, for your people. Father, let their life become a conduit of your mercy. Lord God, and as their hands are raised right now, Father, I ask, Lord, that you change them. Make them into a light so that those who are suffering because of sin, those who are stuck in the mountains, Lord, send these people, Lord, for them to see, Lord God, for those people in the mountains, Lord God, to come out of the darkness because they have seen your light through them. Lord, let your glory shine through them. Give us the faith, Lord, to believe in your word. And Father, we ask for your grace to obey. Send us, Lord, to the mountains. Let our feet be beautiful because you are with us. Give us the courage to stand in the gap, to intercede for your people, and to bring people out of darkness into your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all lift our hands to receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May His glory shine through you. And may your life be a conduit of His love. May He open doors of opportunities to preach His good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You are now dismissed. I'll see you again next week. Right? I like this.